The dead dive. What, Captain Hollister? Everybody's dead dive. What, Todd Hunter? What, Selby? Not Chen. He's dead dive. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead dive. Hello everybody and welcome back to Everybody's Dead Dave, our Red Dwarf review podcast featuring myself, Adam Martin, and as always my co-host, Phil Hawkins. Hello. Hello, and we are back. We are at the end of another series. We're at the end of series seven with episode eight, Nanaki. And just for us recording, this is our first recording of 2022, which is very exciting. Yes, Hope you all had a lovely Christmas. It won't be your first episode listening if you're a regular listener, because uh, <laughs> I think yeah. two or three episodes will have come out before then after yeah. Christmas, which is going to I'm editing the episode that's coming out tomorrow now. And <laughs> in it, I say I re- keep on talking about this year, this, this year, this and this year, that. But then I think and I'm editing it thinking, no, now it's not this year. <laughs> it's last year, yeah. and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. If you're familiar with this show, if you're regular, <laughs> you'll know our, our time jumping in terms of recording and whatnot, so no need to worry there. But yes, we're at the end of Series 7, can hardly believe it. So, Nanaki. So, the, um, the plot description reads as follows. Lister tries to cope with the loss of his arm. Meanwhile, Crichton searches for his nanobots, incredibly advanced microscopic robots which can alter forms of matter at a subatomic level. Dun, dun, dun. Very, very brief description there. But yeah, I guess that kind of works for the episode. Um, If you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode seven and you're like, what? At that plot description, I'd maybe go back and watch that first. Otherwise, you might be very confused. It's, as to what's it's kind of the first time we've really had a proper, like, to be continued that does pick up. I mean, kind of at the end of last series to the beginning of this series. This but, one, yeah. But really, in it, the series itself. Within the series itself, it's the first time we've had a cliffhanger that has then carried on a to be continued. And we get yeah. Crichton going last week on Red Dwarf. And I love the uh, way yeah. he then breaks down. And goes, Something terrible happened to Mr. Yeah. Lister's arm. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, watch this. I was like, yeah, great. Like, as Red Dwarf does so well, I think we've said many times, but like how it sort of throws back to like the classic sci-fi space adventure and of course like you know you watch any of those old serials like flash that is it isn't it it's like last week on xyz so yeah brilliantly handled also the incidental music in this opener in fact the i'll just say the incidental music throughout the whole episode i really like there seems to be more of it this time around than we normally get i don't know if you picked up on that as well this this is a flaw in my own listening and watching of things i don't tend to pick up on incidental music unless it's like particularly something draws my attention to it, like it's particularly bombastic or something like that, sure, then I notice sure. it. But just generally, uh, the way I view I just don't tend to, to notice incidental music most of the time, even when it's... If, if I listen, If I, like, listened out for it, I'd think, hey, that's really good. But because mm. I'm not, I, I just don't think about it. Well, there is one particular bit of incidental music that really stood out to me, but we'll we'll come to that later on. But how this kicks off is we're in the main, like, the common room living area of Starbug, and... Lister's playing guitar with the one hand he's got, whilst Crichton's giving him a hand on the other one. And this this was quite an interesting opener, I thought. I mean, what did you think of opening this way? Because it's not opening with dialogue. It's literally just them strumming the guitar. Yeah, it was quite a good visual gag. Because it starts off, you see Lister's hand, you know, doing the, the chords. 
and then it kind of uh, zooms out a bit more. I can't remember if it zooms or, or tracks across, but one of the two. And then you see Crichton's hand doing the strumming. It was, a, it was cleverly done. Um, yeah. I liked it. Uh, it's probably the best uh, Lister has played the guitar. <laughs> I was going to say it started picking up and you see it in their faces. Well, mainly Crichton's like, he, you know, he's bobbing along. He's head banging physical along. Comedy. Yeah. No, it was. And, and then obviously the payoff when they stop and he's Crichton's just like, oh, sir, you sounded really good. You know, well, one thing I noticed in this is that Lister says, at least now I'm only half crap. But previously he thought he was amazing. And uh, yeah, everyone I else d- didn't thought that he was. Now he seems wonder. to know he's crap. Yeah, it's like. Has he just admitted it after all this time, or is it? Yeah, I did find that as well. I was like, "Hang on, isn't Lister the the one person of the crew who actually believes he's like a bona fide rock star or something?" So yeah, yeah, that was an interesting turnaround. But after all this guitar stuff, you know, they all get into conversations about uh, or famous or well known one armed people who achieve some, uh, achieve something with their life, and they throw up uh, quite humorous ones like Venus to Milo and was it Lord was it Lord Nelson that was yeah or? I think so yeah yeah Lord Nelson and then you know they start to struggle and um, I'm gonna open with it early Phil but I think this whole the whole gag of it went on a little bit too it just seemed to I liked it at first like a lot of them like you know it was quite funny but I don't know when everyone started chipping in and it just it just dragged out a bit for me I wanted to move on to something else by that point but yeah what did you think? Um, yeah, yeah, it went on a little bit too long with Kat going on about Van Gogh, um, you know, mistaking yeah. him for having one arm when actually obviously he had one ear because he cut the other one off. Um, yeah, yeah, it went on too long. Yeah. I find it interesting how they write Kat in this one, because obviously we know he's kind of a, you know, he's a snarky guy and he's very on the nose with what he says. You know, there's no subtlety whatsoever, which has always been like his, his shtick, but uh, for me, at least, that shtick for me, it, it's better when it's like very quick and punchy, like some of his one-liners. I often find with Cap, and I think I saw it twice in this episode, this point now and a bit later, where when he when he's really allowed to just like, you know, when it when it goes on and on, it doesn't really land for me after that initial thing. If that makes sense. Yeah, there's a bit um, later on when he's at the table and they're playing a game. And it's more played that Kat is just like, he's completely oblivious to Mm. what Dave's whole situation. And he's going on about how he says like, oh, can can you imagine losing an arm? He's like, yeah, you can imagine. He's he's just lost his arm. (laughs) And in the end, he's like, he's shouting, move. And the cat thinks he's talking about him. He needs to move leaving, rather yeah. than taking his go. That went on too long as well, I think. But also it was a bit of a different thing for cat. It wasn't the kind of the, the, his usual spill. It was him just being completely oblivious to what was going on really. And just carrying on talking regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, of course all comedy is subjective, but I just thought the way his bits were written out and like played out for as long as they were for me, it just didn't, necessarily land quite well but hey oh can't win them all but um we see that uh Crichton obviously as he has been doing takes up the position of like really looking after Lister even doing things that as he said he could probably do himself like you know itch his nose or dipping the bicky um, <laughs> dipping the bicky and all that sort of stuff uh which Kachansky picks up on and has a chat with Crichton now I quite like this chat between the two of them because I think we've said in series seven 
obviously a lot of their dynamic, Crichton and Kachansky, has been this thing of, you know, Crichton's really defensive over Lister or protective over him, and they're they're usually bickering or, you know, a point of argument. Whereas this time it felt more Kachansky especially was try you know, was trying to be really genuine with him or trying mm. to like you know, they still have like little quibbles and stuff, but I don't know. I quite like this scene. Yeah, really, between and, the two and of they them. didn't have. We've been saying that the the especially Crichton's jealousness about uh, you know paranoia that List is not going to want to be friends with him anymore because uh, because Kachansky's there has been played up a bit too much in the last few episodes, but here mm. I it that didn't really that didn't seem to be his motivation for anything. His motivation was that there was a little bit of a disagreement between them and yes. that was about what each of them thought was best in the situation for Lister but it, it what it that really annoyed what had become really annoying it wasn't really annoying to start with in the first episode or two that it happened in but as it kept on repeating itself that jealousy aspect and him going you know a high pitch is like you're gonna leave me and stuff like that to lister yeah that wasn't in this episode and i really appreciated that not being here yeah i think that's what made it work all those like i said all those little niggles or issues that we had with it this series just weren't here this time it was like they're actually trying to work together for a common good i guess and it's nice to see that it was very nice to see that and then it actually segues into that scene you mentioned about cat and lister playing a game and cat being very on the nose. And I mean, I think we've addressed it. I think we don't mind necessarily the concept of Cap being on the nose because he's always been like that. But it just dragged out, I think, a bit. It overstayed its welcome a bit too long for me, at least. But, yeah. I mean, he has yeah. always been insensitive. That's that's true. And uh, yeah, more yeah. concerned with what's going on with him. I, I remember that scene back in, I think it was probably series one, where uh, Lister's collapsed on the floor and Rimmer's trying to get him to come and help because at that point, Rimmer couldn't touch anything oh yes and so yeah, yeah. and it, it was like come help quickly and cat was like stood up and then as soon as rimmer left sat back down again to continue his dinner rather than going yeah. and helping it's that same kind of self-obsessed attitude that is still here in the cat in this scene i think yeah absolutely i think for me at least i just prefer it in short bursts or it's more effective yeah. in short bursts like than rather than this um but Crichton has an idea. He thinks he can maybe try and find Lister a new arm. Uh, he's remind. I couldn't remember where did they get that one from. Did he say it wasn't one of his spares? That arm was it, or no? I mean, did I catch them saying it was from the twentieth century? Twenty first. Oh, it was uh, a twenty first. Twenty first century. Yeah. So that's yeah. still a couple of centuries earlier than where they're from. Uh, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's old tech. Um, I'll take that's it, and then we get this. I thought wonderful hand pick up the ball. Pick up the ball, so, sir. Pick up. Come on, just, you can do it. Pick up the ball. I just loved how it just kept build, escalating, yeah. and Craig Charles is like grunting louder. Crichton's just going like full. I thought it was a perfect example of like you know physical comedy and of the obviously these two are understanding their characters so well as you know. I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah, I thought where that was going was that he was going to realise at the end that he hadn't actually turned the arm on. Oh, yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have been one. But um, but yeah. I liked, I do like where they, they went with it. And then, of course, he tweaks tweaks the settings on it to make it more sensitive. And then Lister ends up punching him in the face. <laughs> he does, yeah. Controlled by the, what was it, the subconscious thought. Yeah, there was That's another good line by. here, I thought, which was... It's far too dangerous to let you out with that arm, sir. Two minutes with Miss Kachansky, and who knows what you'd be swinging around your head. 
<laughs> with him being affected by his subconscious. Very, yeah, very on again, very good on the nose red dwarf humor there. But yeah, but even though this arm does work, even though it punches Crichton, I think they realize it. It you know it can't really it can't really work properly. I did that. The, the I did think it was a nice. I don't know if it was deliberately referencing. Again, we mentioned it last time. The um the the future echoes episode where we see mm. a future lister with the metal arm with the, with the cybernetic yes, arm yeah. and i yeah. i did wonder if they were deliberately referencing that i don't know or um or if it was just pure yeah. coincidence which of course if i'm remembering right it's mentioned in the first novelization isn't it i think I the one think we've read so. about him seeing or being an old lister with one arm although i think in that book the reason because obviously i think that was written before series seven so I think I can't remember the top of my head, but I just think the reason for him losing his arm is obviously different to to this. I'd have to double check. I've got a vague imprint that old man Lister, if you like, is mentioned, robot arm and all. Yeah. And, yeah. I have to double check. Um but you know, the, the, that experiment's not really a success. They've gone back to the drawing board. And then in the back in like the common route, I it's probably you know what I mean, the main living quarters or whatever where they all hang out, um, Kachansky reveals that in her dimension there Crichton had nanotech basically in which he could use to repair himself and I thought we actually got a pretty good explanation of nanotech in quite a concise way because don't you find in a lot of properties that have like nanotechnology they just they don't really explain it they just say oh look it's this microscopic thing that can do lots of things yeah do you know what I mean I, I don't know I was trying to think I was like I was trying to think of properties where nanotech is it is not, i'm not saying explained in like a scientific thesis but just you know explained in more detail than they are small things that can do things yeah i don't know i thought this one was quite well done with the whole pencil and the and the diamond yeah technology. with the, yeah how it how it breaks down matter into its component atoms and reassembles them yeah yeah that's the one and that's how it fixes it yeah yeah but then uh, they emerge well before they head back into the cockpit they emerged from... I, I must have missed this, or if I did, I didn't write it down in my notes. Why did they go into deep sleep again? So, because they they realised that they need to go and find these nanobots, and so they try and retrace their steps and work out when was the last time that Crichton used them to repair himself, and that was mm. just before they encountered the despair squid at the end yes. of series five. I want to say, yeah, five. Think um, so, yeah. So they head back there, but that is, because of course after series five they went into deep sleep when they lost Red Dwarf to try and find Red yes. Dwarf. So yep. that's like, uh, who knows how long it takes them to get there? 100, <laughs> 100 200, 300 years, something sure, like that. Sure, sure, sure. So they've yeah. gone back into that and gone. To, basically, they've gone to sleep for three hundred years. Yet to get yeah. back there I, I must have just missed that line because then they came out and i was like wait what what's happened yeah and, I, and as always they... i love a nice reference back to a previous episode so the fact that they're referencing the esperanzo ship where the despair squid was and all that sort of yeah. stuff and losing red dwarf loved all that yeah speaking of red dwarf when they're in the cockpit Crichton picks up a uh, a planetoid signal which he can't believe because apparently it claims the planetoid is red dwarf Yes. And I wrote, have they found it after? Because when did I was? When did they lose it? Was it the end of end series? It, yeah, so they had it at the last episode of series five, and by the time episode, the first episode of series six started, they'd mm. lost it. So and it was so basically it's been two series. Yeah, as they were, they basically left that planet we saw at them at the end of series five with the despair squid mm. and never found Red Dwarf again. Yeah, 
until now, until potentially. Um, I did like the fact that they're, they're detecting this planet as Red Dwarf, which they say is, is ridiculous. Um, but they that's uh, one thing I didn't realize. That was a recurring joke about um, uh, about the, the sensors malfunctioning. There. And I think Kachansky yes. goes... Of course it's on the blink. We're talking about the same piece of equipment that last month detected a planet entirely populated by air hostesses. We spent two weeks checking that out. <laughs> I knew we gave up too soon. It was worth at least one more week. Nice bit of nineties, nineties uh, <laughs> attitude. Yeah, but then um, when they go down to this planet as well, they scan the planet for its like climate, and mm. and I didn't notice this the first time I rewatched it because I rewatched it twice recently, and I only clocked the second time. So I think it was a very underplayed joke that they. But then Kachansky goes, "Oh, the scanners say that it's um, uh, sunny, clear weather." So we'd better take the snow outfits and uh, and the buggy because the scanners are... And I, I only clock this time. It's like, oh, yeah, because the scanners are always wrong. The scanners are always on the blink. So, and, yeah. in, and lo and behold, it was horrendous oh, it was a nice snowstorm little type to thing. I did, I did hear her say it at first. I was like, wait, what? And then, like you say, when I was like, oh, yeah, because the, the scanner's just a bit rubbish, really. I mean, to be fair, after all Starbug's been through, the indestructible Starbug, I'm surprised the thing's still running, never mind the, never mind the scanner. Um, but they do go on the surface in, the, in their buggy, and uh, Cat goes out to explore the surface. And I, I again, I really like this little two-hander bit with Lister, and particularly when it's like him fumbling about with the sweet. Yeah. Because I just think even though, yes, it is played, uh, most of it is played for laughs, like when he drops it and gets it stuck on his head. But for me, it's that bit before he drops it when he's trying to just, you know, get it out the wrapper. Because, you know, you can't hear the audience laughing and there's not really like, it's not played as a joke. Because I guess, you know, I was trying to think if you did suddenly lose a limb unexpectedly, you would probably struggle to even get used to like the, the simpler things, I suppose. Um, I don't know. I thought it was just played really well. Yeah, personally. and Lister is sort of struggling with the concept that he thinks women won't find him attractive now he's got one less arm. So he's trying yeah, to... First thought. First yeah, thought. <laughs> so he's like, will anybody want me? Will you want me, basically, is what he's thinking there because yeah. she's the last woman left alive. So yeah. he's, he's and kind she of... puts him down quite... She puts him down, but then I really like yeah. the bit where she, he then, like... I can't remember... What he says, but he mentions sex, and she goes, "Not here, it's too sandy." Yeah, <laughs> straight away. Almost yeah, straight away. but I like that because it was it was kind of like she she was she there was no way she like she wasn't gonna and it was that wasn't the only reason, but it was just like a nice little throw in joke, like just to make yeah. him sort of like cheer up a little bit. <laughs> no, for sure, it was a good guy. I mean that for the most part this one's been good on like the little two-hander scenes like i say this one and the one we mentioned earlier with um Crichton and kachansky i just think I, as i've said before i obviously red dwarf is a comedy show first and foremost but i do like it when they take even just little moments to let their characters have i guess like a pseudo serious conversation do you know what i mean where it's not all played for laughs it's nice to break it up like we always say it's like the good old viewing deck chats between Lister yeah. and Rimmer back in back in the old days um but um Kat encourages them to go out and pick up some stuff and they bring a haul back and at first it seems like you know they haven't really got many useful things at all really just bits of junk yeah but they do um, they do confirm that it is the planet is red dwarf they do and that yep, the, the nanobots, nanobots have converted red dwarf in or, or some of red dwarf into this planet um and mm. just discarded the bits they didn't want on the on the planet's surface 
One of which is a uh, wrist communicator yeah. in which there's Holly. Holly! Uh, Norman Lovett Holly as well. Norman Lovett is back. All right, dudes. <laughs> I literally said, I was like, Holly, like Norman Lovett Holly. And of course, with his like, out, what's he say? How's it going, dudes? It, or something like that. All right, dudes. All right, dudes. Yeah. Oh, it's great because we haven't seen, it was at the end of series two. Wasn't yeah, it? that's I the think. last time we saw Norman Lovett. Yeah. Hey. I mean, I'm in two minds now because I was, when I was watching these last like 10 minutes, I was so happy to sit because I do, you know, I like Norman Lovett and he's really good. And then afterwards I was like, oh, but I also miss Hattie Haybridge. Yeah. And now I'm in two minds as to like who I, <laughs> who I want to yeah, see. Yeah, because you've got um, Norman who is the original and then you've got Hattie who yes. had done more seasons. She's, she's done more, yeah. She'd done she three seasons. Four, three and seasons, yeah. He had done two. Um, but I just, I his delivery on stuff is just on point still in this episode just as it yeah. was back in those it's like not mr beat it's it's so good to have yeah. him back he's straight back on form i wrote like the it, it instantly like taking the mick out of Crichton. i was like yeah this is this is holly yeah back on form, i've, I've recently discovered i have one of those weird seven degrees of separation to norman lovett things uh -huh. um so hold on let me try and get this right so my best friend her mum uh-huh. His current partners. Uh-huh. Ex-wife's brother. Right. <laughs> is Norman Lovett. <laughs> oh, I think okay. that's right. So... I think I've got that all right. Yeah, okay. I, I so, might, if I possibly missed a step, it was definitely something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. Right? That's, a, that's a nice to know that you're loosely connected. Yeah, I was just, it just came up when I was randomly round theirs at Christmas, and I was talking to... Uh, to the guy whose ex-wife is Norman, I think Norman Lovett's sister. He definitely said Norman Lovett was his brother-in-law, so it could be his sister, or it could right, be okay. his brother's, or his sister's, I don't know, something like that. that. Anyway, uh, and and I just mentioned the podcast, and he was like, oh, yeah, dude. I was like, wow, okay. Small bloody cool. world, what, eh? Small world. Small world. <laughs> um, and uh, it is great to see him back. And um, But they quickly deduced that the the nanobots using their particle detector could actually be on Starbug and have been in Starbug this whole time or for a long time, at least anyway. And, uh, and where are they found in Lister's laundry basket, exploring um, the world of list, the, the microscopic the, world of Lister's laundry basket. Yes. I'm glad we didn't get to see that as an audience. That might've been a bit even past the watershed. That might've been a little bit, too much perhaps how they um, capture them though is just it's just such, such a ridiculous visual humor i mean it, there's no there's no great, like high tech yeah. like you know no constructing force fields to try and like locate them or whatever like that it's literally just Crichton grabs a jar and yeah. rustles around in the thing and then like pulls the jar up and puts a little bit it's like have i got them <laughs> no you haven't i wonder if that was deliberate or if that was for like budget reasons they were like look we haven't got because to be fair in this there's well there's a lot of cgi at the beginning there's some model stuff with the buggy so and obviously all the arm stuff so part of me thinks like did they just run out of budget and they're like eh they're nano size we can literally just pretend yeah or, or i mean this is funny I'm it curious, could be either yeah. way it could be it could be planned just because it's funny but yeah. sometimes budget restrictions leave lead to funnier stuff anyway so but you're right the physical comedy though from when robert llewellyn is just like diving about in the basket is great um but they do trap them and to communicate with them again. Great physical comedy is Crichton just needlessly tapping the jar 
as hard as he can, and that that somehow we don't really know, but that somehow gets them to bend to his will, <laughs> seemingly. Yeah, and then he yeah. and so he's going to use them. The, the other thing they want these nano. I can't remember if we mentioned this earlier. The other thing they they're looking for this nano thing nano things for is to fix the arm. Did we mention oh, yes, that earlier? I can't remember. If we did I don't think that. we did, but yes, uh, that's what basically they, yeah. to rebuild a flesh and blood arm for using other you know spare bits of flesh and blood on on yes, um yeah. uh on uh, lister and um so the scene where the next scene where he comes in and he's like the nanobots are on my finger now all we need to do yeah. is insert them into you and then the yes. like the worry on lister's face at that point <laughs> like how are you going to insert yeah. them <laughs> and a hyperdermic. It's hyperdermic of course <laughs> No, great, great gag. Very, you know, crude but funny. And I noticed he used his middle finger as well, which I don't know that that just made me laugh even more. I'm not because he's just holding it up to him. I'm like, oh, that's good. Um, so the nanobots get to work. Uh, we get a nice little crossfade, and um, they've they've given him a new arm, but it's uh, it's not quite what. Not he just expected. a new arm. He's got a whole new body. <laughs> yes, one in which. He doesn't seem too happy with. No, he's it's, it's, it's turned into a bodybuilder by the looks of it, quite muscly. Well, it, I was confused at first because obviously everyone does the... There's a reaction with Crank, Chansky and Cat. Yeah. And then it pans over and I was like, okay, so that... At first I couldn't tell. Maybe it was my eyes or the distance. I was like, they, they've made him buff? Because I could yeah. see like, the veins in his arm and stuff. And then... The, but they're all like, oh my God, like we shouldn't... Like we need to... T-. And I don't know, maybe it's just... I would have assumed, because, you know, Dave's all about, like, especially with women, like you said, like, impressing women and stuff. So I would have thought the revelation that he's quite buff would actually be quite, yeah. like, a good thing. True. But instead, all we get in this episode is he he just screams. He's like, oh, maybe it's just shock in general. I mean, it is quite a different. Yeah. Like, the before. only thing I wondered was whether, because the, the, the way that the uh, nanobots are meant to work is that it takes, breaks down molecular uh, structures and uses them and re- reforms them into other matter. So they have to have the matter to mm. take away from somewhere to put into something else. Yeah. So, what did they take away? <laughs> Is oh, what I'm wondering. Gosh. And maybe that's uh, why he screamed. Oh, I see. I see. But, wow. <laughs> so as <laughs> well as making him buff, maybe they removed something and that was yes. what we were meant to something get quite from that. I've got to admit, something that idea here. occurred to me right at the very end of that scene and I did not rewind rewind it to check and look out, let's just say, size of any bulges yes. Um, yes, yes, or yes. lack of. So, But no, that could be what That it could is, be what yeah. it was. I suppose we'll have to wait for series eight. To, well, you might remember, but I'll have to wait till series eight till. Let us know in the comments if you have an opinion on this. <laughs> yes. Um, but then back in the cockpit, Cat's driving and sure enough, we see Red Dwarf. And I've got to say, Phil, we get the old Red oh, Dwarf theme. So I got, I genuinely got chills down my yes. side. I, I love that theme and I'm so glad they busted it out for for this because it would i mean it's been forever it has like we haven't it's heard so, that it was so forever. good just hearing that slow that little jingle uh, and the and, and the shot i loved as well like the small star bug just in like the and then the size of red dwarf yeah um but then as it as cat flies into red dwarf he makes the comment that the ship seems a bit a bit bigger than he thought um and sure enough when he pulls into the landing bay there is a star bug there a star bug that is about 
a hundred times bigger than them. And he goes, uh, we've got a problem. And then the episode ends. And I thought, I thought it was quite a solid ending. Good gag to end with. And I, I wrote, because we know what Red Dwarf's like, I was like, is this a pseudo cliffhanger for Series 8? Or as in, are we going to start Series 8 and this, you know, this is still the thing. They're in a Red yeah. Dwarf that's a giant. Or is it going to be one of those Red Dwarf things where they end it and you think, oh, that could be a cliffhanger. And then they just start the next series like, oh, yeah, we've we've re- it, forget it. Yeah. We've re- Do you know what I mean? Because um, we've had that before. As we, I think we series two to three was the most famous example. Was That was, I think, where Lister was about to give birth. And then we get the famous hundred times Star Wars crawl. Um, so, yeah. I yeah. Ra- well, I won't I give it away it. Like the you, for you. Because, no, 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 uh, of course. Uh, obviously, you're watching these for the first time and I've watched them before. So I know what's going to happen. But well, let's put it this way. If if it does turn out to be a oh we've we've just fixed this now, I would not be surprised in the in the yeah. slides. But it could be a pseudo cliffhanger, like you know, it could be. Because um, I don't know you. Uh, you might know more than me. This was done in 1997, and I've looked that the series eight wasn't until 1999. So I don't know with, when they filmed this if they knew they were going to do a series eight for sure, or if it was still undecided I don't know. or. Because I guess series set. If you think about that ending, like they found Red Dwarf, and and if that could be it, I guess a bit of a weird ending with the gag. But I guess you, know, you could say they found Red Dwarf, so the quest is over, sort of thing. Mm. Like if that was the the end. So no, I just I'd be curious to know if the, if by the end of that or when they filmed it, if they knew they had another series, you know, commissioned or whatever, or if they didn't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what mm. the commissioning aspect of it was. I just know that it wasn't as much of a of a weight as it. I mean, it was a it little wasn't, bit, of a no. weight, but not as much of a weight as between yeah. the last two series. So, yes. Well, that that takes us to the end of series seven. So we've only got one more of the quote unquote original run left then in series eight. Um, but before we get to series eight, we've got to do our regular features. So, um, who is your favorite character in this one, Phil? Um, it's got to be Holly, I think. <laughs> the, return the return of, of Holly. Holly. It's yeah. got to be him. I just It's so good to see him back and to, just to hear his sort of very, his just his delivery on stuff is great. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. Great to have him. Um, he came close, but mm. I'm on, I'm going to give this one to Crichton. Okay. Uh, the physical comedy. I mean, he usually is, but this, like, especially that hand pick up the ball and the search in the laundry basket. I just thought it was fantastic but holly definitely inched it it was very i was debating in my head but no i'm gonna give it to Crichton for this one um what about your funniest moment was that a holly moment too, um, it or? wasn't actually i mean it could have been i mean I, I i i was tempted to put all right dudes just there as it but just for, that yeah. that might be my favorite moment of the episode but it wasn't necessarily hmm. a funny moment like it was more of a moment. kind of punch the air hey holly's back type moment yeah yeah, so it doesn't quite fit the same criteria um i did really like the line about uh when he can't control the arm and it's being controlled by his subconscious uh he can't let you out like that two minutes around miss kachansky and who knows yes (laughs) that did get a laugh at me so i think i'm gonna go for that one solid yeah good gag uh for me it's just it's it's the whole hand pick up the ball Bit. That's right, so now keep going. Now really think now. Hand, pick up the ball. Now let's really get it going, sir. Pick up the ball. Hand, pick up the ball. Really start to go now, sir. Hand, pick up the ball. Now let's keep going. Keep going, sir. You can do it. Hand, pick up the ball. You're going to move that hand, sir. You're going to move it. Move 
couldn't stop giggling. It started off as like a low giggle that then became like just full on laughter, the more ridiculous and, and silly. And it's a perfect example of, you know, you, you watch and it is quite silly, but the way it's done in that way where you, you're on board with it, you know, you're not cringing at it. Yeah. Sort of thing. And I think the fact that so, both of our, our things happen in the same scene means that's, that, oh was, God, that was yeah. a very good scene. <laughs> yeah, probably the definitely arguably the best scene of the episode, but that's all subjective. Um, and finally, how many scutters out of 10 mm. would you give the series seven how finale? Film? Would I give this, I'm, I'm going to give it saying? an eight and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about yourself? What, what, I'd give it an eight myself. Okay. If that's what my gut's saying. Where 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 does your rating lose the point and a half? It's what? not. It's not that it loses it for anything. It's not like there's a a sin that it it commits no. that I yeah. go. Well, it's losing marks for that. But it doesn't quite hit the highs of the comedy in some areas. That like yeah. yes, it's got that great scene with the arm um, and a few other yeah. nice and it, and it, uh, on the comedy side and. From and it's got, it has a bit of everything. It has the nice quiet moments between characters. It has the kind of like really exciting moments, like Holly coming back. It does have little bits of everything, which is why it's still a, a high. I'm still rating it quite high, I think. Yeah, but it it's just not quite like, oh my god, this is amazing at every moment. Yeah, my mine similar to yours, I think. Just that. Uh, again, the comedy doesn't hit some scenes elongated, arguably unnecessarily, like the cat and Lister one, um, or yeah, little things like that. But there's a lot to like. Um, and before we just close off uh, this this episode, what what have your how how was for you then? Obviously, because you've watched series seven before. How was how has this one held up for you as on this rewatch? Um, mixed. I think the stuff which still had Rimmer in was the strongest bit of the season. Um, and yeah. I did feel his absence when he wasn't there, I think. And when then we had episodes like Duck Soup, which weren't the greatest. And mm. But, uh, you know, there has been good in there. I mean, these last two episodes have been strong. They're just not... Yeah. Just because they're... I mean, 8 and 8.5 is good score. It's not like we're saying really? they're, they're not enjoyable and not fun. Um so it's it's been a bit mixed. Um I'm trying to think I still think it I still think of it quite fondly this season I think. Yeah. Oh fabulous. Just curious because obviously, you know, opinions change over time and I'd just be curious yeah. to see what your Yeah. I mean, well, I cuz I would were. have been when was this 1997, so I would have been about 12 when this came out and I remember really I... liking this when I uh, when it first yeah. came out, um, twenty five years oh, ago. God, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I just figured out the number in my head. I was like, oh, oh god, so old. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, giving your age away there. Yeah, age just a number. Um, no, I've really enjoyed this one on the whole as a first timer. I think, as I said, I preferred the more. I know we said at the start they wanted it said they wanted to go with more like a movie approach with some of the set pieces. And it seems like for the first two or three episodes, they definitely did do that, like with Ticket to Ride and um, uh, Smoke Me a Clipper. But it's to me, at least, it seems that motif has trailed off a little bit as the season, whether that was down to like, you know, budget or whatever. Um, so I think I'd say I like the first half of or the first few bits of the season more than I did maybe the latter parts. But yeah, on the whole... Still a good season. Probably not my favourite Red Dwarf season so far, but I'd revisit certain episodes is what I'd say, yeah. probably. I don't know if I'd revisit everything. No, and even yeah. within some some episodes, like Blue is, I like my, going into Blue, 
my overriding memory of it was just the song at the end. Yes, <laughs> and I still yeah. absolutely love that song. But the rest of the episode wasn't quite as strong as I remembered. And, and basically, I was just remembering the song. <laughs> so, yeah. It, I mean, good song, though. Oh, what good, a song yeah, to remember. So can't complain. Well, folks, that is that is it. That's the end of Series 7. So make sure you join us over the next few weeks where we'll be going into Series 8. And then obviously after that, we'll be moving into what I believe is known as the Dave era to you, yeah. aficionados there. We might do a um, few specials just, in between as well just to, uh, to oh, pad it out a little bit. Just to, make, just to make your wait a little yeah, bit Yeah, we've got some books so. <laughs> to talk about. We got some. Certainly do. We got an American pilot to watch. Oh. We're going to be doing a, a few other things. Um, we might also do a Q and A. So, um, yes. hey, if you want to start leaving questions for a Q and A in the comments down below, we'll collect them all over the next series, over series eight. Please, please do. And, uh, and then after series eight is done, you can ask us all our opinions on. Uh, Red Dwarf so far. Yes, yes. Let us know. And other Let things. Us know. You can but... ask us anything, really. And other things, too. But before we go, um, Phil, where can the good people find you on the internet? The best place to find me is my YouTube channel. Currently, it's just my name, Philip Hawkins, 1L in Philip. Uh, there I talk about all sorts of pop culture that I like, enjoy and consume things like this. This podcast goes mm. up there. And things like Doctor Who and the MCU and Star Trek sometimes Power Rangers. We've been having it just before we, we started recording today. We, we were, were having a very in-depth conversation because we're both Power Ranger fans. We are. <laughs> so, you know, anything pop culture that I like, you can find on there. Wonderful. What about yourself? For myself, uh, just Adam Martin. Again, just my name on YouTube. That's Martin with a Y. Like Phil, I sort of talk about various bits of pop culture, Doctor Who. Now that's what I call music, some TV history. Just, you know, whatever I fancy, really, whatever I feel like splurging onto the internet on that particular day. Um, you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Adam Martin AMTV, and you can also follow this podcast on Twitter, at All Dead Dave Pod. Follow us there for updates on the show, guest announcements, some memes as well. Who doesn't love a good bit of memes? And uh, yeah, follow us on and, there. And also, yeah. oh, and don't worry, I remembered, we also have some uh, merch out as well for the podcast. So I believe if you go on a, well, there's a link in the description, uh, to our store where you can go and check that out and you can buy is it there's mugs uh there's t-shirts, t-shirts I think any, hoodie 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 yeah. and right. a face mask very topical for today's time stay safe everybody absolutely stay safe um and i mean you won't be able to see because it it's audio only uh, phil very kindly got me one of the mugs for for christmas and um it is it is a good quality mug it's not one of those I hate those brief tangent. You know, you get those mugs where like they're printed really cheaply, where you can see the outline of like oh, where the yeah. printed thing. Where like if you just use your finger, you could probably just peel it. Do you know what I mean? This isn't like that. Um, I can't see like where the outline is at all. You, do you know what I mean? It's it's good. So head over to that. It's again, link is in the description. If you're listening on, uh, you'll be in the Spotify one as well, won't it? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Or if, if not, not, head over on the, to YouTube. It's definitely in the YouTube uh, description. So. So uh, head over yeah. to there and have a look. You'll there. be able to find it. Don't you worry. But yeah, in the meantime, then, thank you very much for listening. And uh, you can join us next week as we start Series 8. But until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.